feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, President Trump fires back on the results of the Durham report. This, of course, has been going on the investigation by John Durham, the special counsel looking into Trump's potential ties to Russia. And, of course, all the background surrounding the DOJ and FBI. And, boy, it is stunning Because what they determined, essentially, via John Durham and his team after years of investigation, four years, that Durham has found that the DOJ and FBI failed to uphold their mission and were absolutely politicized, that they knew that the information that they had was wrong, that there was no collusion with Russia and President Trump. And yet they went forward and they also presented to the court to get some of these warrants saying that, yes, they did believe that there was a tie. So even though they had information contradicting all of that, even though they had evidence showing that there was not such a tie, they still went forward. And to me, this is a very sad day for the FBI and DOJ. There are so many great folks that work for the FBI and DOJ, but clearly there were some bad apples who absolutely politicized their role because they were just hell-bent on going after President Trump. And at the end of the day, they just came back with a big charade that now has been exposed for the world to see. And former President Trump in the last few minutes responding saying essentially that then FBI Director James Comey and the Democrats need to be held accountable for spending years investigating alleged collusion between Trump and Russia now that the special counsel John Durham has released this 300-plus page report. And also, here is the quote from President Trump saying, I... And much more importantly, the American public have been victims of this long-running and treasonous charade started by the Democrats, started by Comey. He tells Fox News Digital, he further says, there must be a heavy price to pay for putting our country through this. And he also says the whole investigation by the FBI was, quote, a total disgrace. And he said that public anger over this report is at a level I have not seen before. This report took a long time because John Durham is a very thorough investigator, but the result is unequivocal and an absolute disaster in terms of justice. And I absolutely agree with the former president. It is outrageous that those involved in this investigation politicized it, made up facts, tried to get evidence from the investigation that didn't exist, and they also knew that the mistakes were made, and they knew that the evidence was not correct, and yet they presented it to the court anyway to use it as justifications to get wiretaps, to get warrants, to do a whole bunch of things that were so overreaching 
And you think about a federal judge, when they get information from the FBI or the DOJ, they take their word for it because, of course, those are credible sources. When the FBI says, hey, we got the goods on this, we think there's suspicion, we have evidence, we have this, and they use that as justification. Shame on the FBI, shame on DOJ. There are so many great folks that work for both agencies, but tonight, a big black eye on both of those agencies. Where is the justice when they were weaponized against the president of the United States and they knew it? There must be repercussions, and I hope that there will be some names coming out shortly because this is just incredible and stunning information. Plus, speaking of stunning, this to me is a real, real shocker. The fact that homeless veterans who were involved and getting the benefits through a charitable organization in Orange County, New York, well, they have now been booted to make room for migrants. This, to me, is such an abomination. We have American citizens, especially the best among us, veterans, homeless veterans who are down on their luck, and these charitable organizations were helping them, putting them up in a hotel, and now these veterans have been booted out to be placed instead somewhere else to make room for migrants. This, to me, is a shocker and an absolute abomination. How can we let homeless veterans who have served our country and are now down on their luck and who were being taken care of by a charity and put up in a hotel, suddenly told, you got to hurry up and pack up because we're going to make room for illegal migrants. How does that sound fair? How does that sound just? It does not. We cannot have Americans feel like they are second-class citizens and that they get the lowest priority behind migrants. But sadly, this seems a little par for the course. I mean, the migrants have essentially been getting food, they've been getting housing, they've been getting cell phones. And by the way, I am all for helping people who come to this country and to try to do what we can. But they have to be vetted. It has to be done legally. It has to be done organized. And we have to make sure that they're helped in assimilating. You can't just sort of throw them in a community. And you can't throw out veterans in their place. How does that sound like the American way? I'm all for making sure that people come to this country that are taken care of. But we have to make sure that it's done appropriately, that they're screened, that they're vetted, that it's not just come on in and then suddenly you're going to boot veterans. That just creates animosity and it's completely unfair, needless to say, to the veterans. And as it turns out, it looks like the whole reason that they were replaced by the migrants is because of cost. Because guess what? The homeless veterans through a charitable organization, the hotel was getting, it was $88 a day. But the migrants through the city and the state of New York, I should say, in this case, they were paying the hotel $190 a day. So the hotel basically said, well, too bad to the veterans. We're going to be making a lot more money on the migrants. So see ya. Best of luck. Shame on this hotel. They should have said, no, there are other hotels in the area 
We've got homeless veterans in this one. Maybe you should find another hotel so we don't have to displace these people who have already gone through very difficult times. And they are American citizens and they are the ones who have served our country. This, to me, I think is abominable for so many reasons and so horrible that they're being displaced. They're being moved up and moved out. And just because they want to have migrants in that hotel. The owner of the hotel should have said no, put her foot down and said, we will not do this to our veterans. Go find somewhere else. Guess what? At the end of the day, it shouldn't just be about money. It should be about values, too. Shame on that hotel owner. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts about this? To me, it makes my blood boil. I hate that I see this story and the fact that they have been moved. And I hope people go outside that hotel right now and say, you know what? Maybe I won't stay at that hotel in the future. Because if it's all about the money that you dare to kick out homeless veterans because you want to make a few extra bucks, shame on you. Here is New York State Assemblyman Brian Moore talking about this. This is an absolutely disgusting situation. Uh, we have here the YIT Foundation. It's founded by Sharon Tony Finch. She is a combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient. Uh, she is somebody who is an American hero. Uh, she spends her time herself as a disabled combat veteran, helping other combat veterans reintegrate back into society. And part of that is convincing them and building a trust to get them to ask for and receive help. After she does that, the first step for a lot of these folks is putting them into temporary housing, which usually is a hotel for a few weeks before they go into a more permanent housing, get workforce development training, uh, financial literacy training, and other services they might need. So in the first few weeks of that stay in that first hotel, after she began building that trust, these folks were told by this hotel in Orange County that they had one day to leave. And it was about money, and it was about being paid more for the migrants from New York City, and it was absolutely devastating. One day to leave. You are a homeless veteran who's gone through tough times. And you have had, obviously, PTSD. You're down on your luck financially. By the way, whenever I see a homeless veteran on the streets of anywhere in this country, I always say, what can I do to help you? I try to always do what I can because you know that that person probably has post-traumatic stress, has had some issues, couldn't figure things out when they came back. A lot of times they have a hard time assimilating These are the kind of people that you normally don't like to move from one location to another. Imagine how they feel tonight, knowing that they have been booted for illegal migrants because the hotel makes a few more extra bucks. So then they get set up in a whole new different location, which is not a good thing to do to somebody who's already down on their luck. What's your reaction to this? This one makes my blood boil. It is despicable. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here is Joey Jones. He's an injured veteran who's also a host there on Fox News. This is what he had to say about this little uh, bit ago, just a few hours ago. 
These are American citizens who have paid taxes, and even if they're not in a good place right now, will one day. We don't know that, that the people they're putting in their place will ever even become citizens or contributing members of our society. If you're going to have to choose one desperate person over another, choose the ones you're already helping who have served this country. It's not to say these migrants don't deserve any help as human beings, regardless if they've broken the law. It doesn't mean that they don't deserve food, room, and board. But this is a city of 8 million people. I think they can figure it out when that community is struggling to take yeah. care of 20 better. Yeah, I think they can figure it out. Uh, it was only 20 veterans, but they had to move them to make room for the migrants. Guess what? Find another hotel. That's all my thoughts. Find another location where you're not moving homeless veterans. And as soon as you heard it was homeless veterans, it should have been no, 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 no. First of all, the city should have stepped in and said no. Obviously, the hotel owner should have stepped in, and I hope people don't stay at that hotel again because that person doesn't seem to appreciate homeless veterans. I mean, to me, that is abominable. Where are your values? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. What do you think? Are you as furious at this as I am? And this comes... While we're hearing also, guess what? The migrants are taking over a vacant school in Staten Island. And also they're taking over an elementary school gym in Brooklyn. Isn't that where you want to put homeless migrants, illegals who have come and haven't been vetted? What could go wrong there? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Again, word coming just a few hours ago because New York City and New York State are dealing with a deluge of illegal migrants coming to the community. And now they're being moved, some of them from outside the city to Orange County, as I just mentioned, uh, to this hotel uh, where they kicked out veterans. Shame on them. Also, by the way, within the city, uh, now we're getting word that migrants are going to be arriving, get this, at a temporary shelter set up in a Brooklyn elementary school gym. It's a standalone building, but it is part of an elementary school. What could go wrong there, given the fact that most of the migrants are adult males? I mean, maybe it's not smart to put them by a school, especially an elementary school. This, to me, is crazy. And also, Roosevelt Hotel, that is uh, a hotel that has been uh, closed short term, but now it's about to open. And it's in Midtown, New York City. It's like the heart of the business district. So uh, J.P. Morgan and a whole bunch of others, I'm sure they're thrilled about this news because they're right next door, basically. There will be now uh, a ninth shelter opened up there at the Roosevelt Hotel. Eventually, 850 rooms will be used for these illegal migrants for medical, 
uh, also uh, mental illness, uh, language, temporary housing for the migrants. And eventually they believe, again, that 850 rooms will be filled, basically the whole hotel, with illegal migrants. Welcome to New York. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Uh, line one, Joe, your thoughts about this, the fact that the veterans are getting kicked out of this hotel to make room for migrants, that's disgusting. Really, my love, I'm going to hit you rapid fire as usual, and happy Mother's Day. What I'm saying is this, dear. First of all, I found out about this a few days ago, and the great Curtis Wheeler, who I've known since February 1979, American Marine, I was in my teens, 16 days leaving New York. And I heard about him, and I was back-to-back and shoulder-to-shoulder him on my leave with Guardian Angels. And we still see each other once a year. Long story short, God bless Curtis Wheeler for bringing this up. God bless you for helping we American veterans. Rita, this is the most outrageous thing. And here's the thing. You cannot stay in a hotel more than 28, 29 days. Because on the 30th consecutive day, you have tenants' rights. I've stayed in hotels on Emil Donato, my own money, and I've stayed in hotels and outreach programs. Rita, my American Marine Mongrel and I, it took 18 months with an outreach program to get us in this dumpy basement apartment in the slum owner wanted $2,000 a month. His greed got us the apartment. But the point I'm making is I want to know if these illegal aliens and the city, are they going to be there more than 29 days, nights? Are they going to have tenants' rights because they denied it to American veterans? And this is outrageous. And let me tell you something. They were going to place these American veterans into permanent or semi-permanent apartments. What they're doing, I don't have PS, uh, I don't have post-traumatic stress. Thank Christ. But the point I'm making is this, as you said, is a, is a emotionally upheaval. It's cruel. It's vicious. They should boycott that hotel. But the bottom line is, other than you and a few others in the media, most people don't care. Dominic Carter's show last night, one guy said about uh, Sergeant Penny, I don't care either way about the guy he killed or the Marine. That's the problem. Wow. Wow. You know, Joe, Joe, you hit a great point because this should be all over the news. We care, obviously. And you brought up Dominic certainly cares. Curtis cares. I mean, to me, this is just shocking that they would lower themselves. This hotel, I agree. I think nobody should stay in that hotel again. It speaks volumes of that person's character. I don't know the person, uh, but this says it all. Um, And you bring up an excellent point. How long are they allowing them to stay? Because you're right. They could have tenants' rights uh, based under New York law. And it will be interesting to see, do they displace them after 29 days and move them to somewhere else? Uh, Let's see. We will be following this because to do it to a veteran, just as you pointed out, especially a homeless veteran, and thank goodness you didn't go through that yourself with PTSD. Um, But so many of them have been down on their luck. And having a place that's familiar when you're struggling with so many different issues, and especially those who have been in battle, um, and then coming back to the transition of sort of civilian life, it's a tough change. Uh, You know that all too well. Any of our great other veterans who listen also as well know that all too well. My father, as you guys know, was a prisoner of war. I think I know a little bit about PTSD, sadly, because my father certainly had it. And yet... 
to move somebody from that facility for a few extra bucks. That, to me, is pathetic. And you're right. The timetable is going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they put them past the time because they seem to be throwing everything else to help help the migrants, help the migrants. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families, a very powerful story coming from the city of Bath, Maine, where a Bath police officer was recently honored for saving a one-year-old girl's life last year. Corporal Michael Jones received the department's life-saving award and was also recognized by the American Legion for his heroics. They date back to January of 2022 when one evening he was working at the police station when a man who lives nearby ran to the station with his unconscious child in his arms and banged on the door. The child was clearly in medical distress, said the police chief. Corporal Jones quickly assessed the situation, finding the baby non-responsive and non-breathing. He immediately took the baby from the parent and began conducting first aid, administering back pounds to free any airway obstructions. The baby was soon able to start breathing again on her own. Indeed, Bath Police Corporal Michael Jones's quick actions were instrumental in saving the child's life. And Jones has been with the police department since 2018. He's also, by the way, an Army veteran and served in Iraq and Afghanistan, earning a Purple Heart and an Army Commendation Medal for Valor. The police chief said that the corporal is calm under pressure and his leadership in the military has shown through in his short time at the department. And bravo for this great corporal for his service in the military and, of course, for his great work saving this young child's life when he has been at the Bath, Maine Police Department. And bravo, of course, to all of our great men and women in blue. Well, boy, the situation at the border is getting downright untenable. It is so dangerous. They are being overwhelmed. They're being overrun. By the way, today, uh, there was word that just came out a little bit ago that in the port there in San Diego, in the border crossing in that area, guess what? Uh, They arrested somebody who was on one of their most wanted lists, basically one of the worst of the worst terrorists, crossing through. What a surprise. From Afghanistan. So if you don't think our border is wide open and porous, thank goodness in this case they stopped the person. But that individual was sort of a senior official listed on the terror watch list. They arrested them. Thank goodness for crossing. And thank goodness that person's behind bars. But the reality is there are literally hundreds of thousands of gotaways. These are the ones that they have zero record of. And they are usually the worst of the worst. And there could be many more like this in this country. And God forbid, we don't want anything to happen to this country again. Think about what happened with 9-11. People were able to come in through the border. They were able to stay over, especially at that time during the visa system. And now with hundreds upon thousands of gotaways, think about how dangerous that is for our national security. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea who's in the country. We know they're coming from 100 and 70 different countries, um, many of them Chinese nationals, Russians, as I mentioned, Afghans. Uh, and guess what? They don't want to be detected. So I would bet 
they don't have good intentions in this country and who knows what they're planning. And we know that one of the senior officials for the U.S. military who oversees the Middle Eastern region made a proclamation. It was just about two or three weeks ago where he basically said that he believes that there will be another attack on the homeland or another planned attack and that hopefully will be thwarted uh, in the next six months. That is a scary premise. And you can bet with all of these people coming in, it has made us so downright vulnerable. And this comes again at a time where they're coming to every city across the country. Every city right now is essentially a border city because they're coming, they're getting shipped here, or they want to come to New York because guess what? They hear ka-ching, ka-ching, they get hotel rooms, they get food, they get health care, they get cell phones, they hear all of these things. And as we talked about, they're even booting out veterans of some hotels. They're like, sorry, homeless veterans, Uh, you know what, you were getting covered by a charity. Well, guess what? We'll make more money by putting up these migrants. So see ya. They had one day to move out, which to me, this epitomizes how pathetic this situation is, that homeless veterans would be treated so much worse and these migrants would be treated like the crown jewels. I have a real problem with this. 1-800-848-9222. And here is New York State Assemblyman Brian Marr. He was talking with us earlier today on Cats and Cosby, the show that I host with the great John Katzmatidis at 5 o'clock Eastern time on WABC. And this is what Brian Marr told us. I would love to believe that all of these uh, asylum seekers are very much looking for a better life. And maybe they are, but there is a lot of them. The numbers are staggering. And we don't know anything about these folks. So for me, is there, are there resources? Is there an ability for them to come here? I think so. But if you don't give the counties information, the county executives say, hey, you haven't given us enough information. We don't have plan for this. We don't think this is a good idea. And you send them anyway. All you're doing is stoking a political fire that's further dividing the community against these migrants. You're not doing a favor to the migrants because guess what? You know, they basically... Uh, are creating division, and then you're getting people to say, well, wait a minute, Uh, that's not a very nice thing. You know, they're getting angry at the migrants, and they're just, many of them coming here for a better life, some of them nefarious purposes, but many of them coming here for a better life. But that's not good to them because the community is going to go, wait a minute, you kicked out the veterans for these people? That doesn't help the migrants either. Yet, if you listen to Alejandro Mayorkas, Of course, the head of Homeland Security, the secretary, he was on CNN over the weekend and he's just bragging about what a great system they have. He again repeated, I couldn't believe this. He again repeated that the border is closed. Is there anybody out there that actually thinks that? That is ridiculous. But take a listen. Here he is uh, basically selling a bill of goods about how great the system is in America. Take a listen. The asylum system uh has been and continues to be a jewel of the United States. We take great great pride as a country in this world to provide humanitarian relief for those who qualify. And unfortunately, they're making everybody qualify, and they are not doing a damn thing when it comes to checking and vetting individuals. That is why it is so outright dangerous for every single American, the fact that they are not checking anything. 
That is absurd. And the ones that they are giving dates to, guess what? You know when their dates are, their court dates? There was a document that came out the other day. Hi, come on back in 2027. You think the person's going to come back in 2027? Uh, You just came in through Texas, and you have no connections here in the country. Uh, There's not really any follow-up on you, but we're trusting you, the honor system, to come back in 2027. Um, And guess what? Your date's in Newark, New Jersey. You think there anybody is going to show up? Maybe a handful at best. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, Line 3. Dom, your thoughts? Yeah, Rita, you know, we are at a dangerous inflection point in our country's history. The FBI and the Democratic Party will do now everything in their power to prevent a Trump presidency. They know now that the disaster that remains them if Trump becomes our next president. We have homeless veterans being made homeless again, and David Penny, uh, a veteran, being prosecuted or persecuted for doing what he was trained to do. So, you know, immigration to the United States was akin to winning an Olympic gold medal. Biden has trashed it so much that it's lost, completely lost its shine. So, you know, I can see another book coming from Miranda Devine. The insurance policy from hell, the Peter Stroik and Lisa Page story. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, and boy, did they have egg on their face today with everything that came out in the Durham report. I love, Dom, how you wove it all together, too, my friend. That was a a very good weave. Uh, We love you, Dom. Thank you very, very much. And you're right. They will do anything not to have Trump come back uh, because you can clearly see with the the dirty tactics at the highest levels uh, from DOJ and FBI. That, to me, first of all, is shocking. And it makes Americans lose confidence, sadly, in our judicial department. And that's really, I think there's so many different uh, repercussions. This is what happens in a third world country. We're better than this. And yet there were individuals who clearly played politics, and it just shows it was all orchestrated. And then you see all the other stuff that's going on. You see the brag, uh, you know, picking and choosing who he goes after. He goes soft on criminals. And then when it comes to Donald Trump, oh, wait, uh, business expense. Let's throw him in Rikers. You know, I mean, just the the difference is just it's disgusting. Dom, it is just downright disgusting. Uh, Dom, thank you very much. Let's go to Teddy. Line two. Ted, your thoughts. Yeah, my thoughts on the migrants. I'd rather talk about the migrant situation. Uh, I agree with you, unlike what you think that I'm against you and your point of view, which I'm not. I'm objective. That's why I'm a math teacher. Okay, I deal with facts and numbers, which don't lie. I agree with you that no— By the way, I didn't say you're against me, Ted. I I, I love hearing different perspectives, and I always love having you on. So go ahead, Ted. Enlighten us. I don't know if that's really true, but I'll I'll take it face value. I don't think any veteran should be thrown out of the hotel that he's staying at, homeless veteran, excuse me, for the migrants. That policy has to change. And I'm not familiar with it. You may know more than me. Are you saying that the hotels, they would get more money by housing the migrants from the city that sends them there than the homeless veteran. Yes, yes, yes. You know what's amazing, Ted? What happens is there was a charity that was paying for the homeless veterans, and uh, they had been doing it for a while, and it was $88 a day. 
So that's what they were paying the hotel to house these uh, veterans. And suddenly the city, uh, New York City, said, "Okay, well, we're going to bring them up there and we will pay you. And it's one ninety is what he's paying the hotel. So that's a big, you know, it's a hundred dollars difference a person. And the hotel owner said, "Okay, I'll take it and said, see, you guys have one day to move out to the veterans. So they they made more money. Clearly, it came down to money, I would assume. I mean, I, you know, e- either way, it's it's a it's ridiculous. And you heard what I said. I think it's shameful. I think you can't kick out homeless veterans that have been there that are already obviously dealing with a lot of issues and to suddenly have them displaced. That That's not a nice thing to do. And it's just I think it's a it's a poor choice. And a lot of people apparently in this community, this is in Orange County, uh, they're furious and they're already like angry at the hotel telling people that they don't want to ever you know send people there. Because guess what? When people visit, uh, come from out of town, they make a suggestion. Hey, yeah, stay at this hotel, uh, you know, relative and cousin. And a lot of people are saying they're never going to refer relatives to stay at that hotel ever again. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with you. No. By the way, Ted, I'm glad. I'm really glad because to me, I think it's heartbreaking. And at some point, we got to stand up. You know, you got to say, wait a minute. And, and you know what? And you heard Ted also, it also creates division to the migrants because these people are being, you know, moved around or whatever. They're being put there. And the community's not going to be happy about having migrants if they're kicking out veterans. Uh, you know, just, it just, it's a very divisive move and it's the wrong move for many reasons. I'll, I'll give you the final word, Ted. Question: What do we do with the migrants? They're people. They're human beings. Children, little children. What do we do with them? Then? Well, and and by the way, that's why I feel bad for them that they're put in this situation. First off, there because just like you said, it's not their fault that they're being moved into this hotel. Um, and I feel bad that it creates division. But we have to come up with something. First off, we do have to vet people. Um, And you brought up the kids. You know, it's heartbreaking when you hear these stories of the kids. You know, Ted, there is a report that and it's been verified that 85,000 unaccompanied kids are missing in the United States. I mean, when I hear that, it makes me sick. And the reason it makes me sick is that these kids, you know, are either in forced labor, they're in sex trafficking, they're in human trafficking. God knows what they're doing. And I just I pray for them every night because You know, a lot of their families sent them to America to give their kids a better life, better opportunity, and who knows what kind of conditions they're living in. That's not appropriate. Um, But we also do have to vet the adults. we got to figure out what to do. We have to have it more organized. We've got to find a system. And I also do believe in the remain in Mexico. Had we vetted, it's different with the children, but had we vetted especially some of those adults and some others, we would at least be protecting the homeland and be done in an organized way. And then at least you know who's in the country. Right now, we have no idea. I mean, we have zero idea. So many of them have never been checked. A huge majority of them have never been checked. And we've got so many gotaways because the border agents are overrun. It's just, it's not a good situation for anybody. And that's why it's so sad. Teddy, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to BJ. Line three, BJ, your thoughts. I really was hoping that we would stop with this. They're just poor immigrants 
coming for a better life story. They're not just poor immigrants coming in for a better life. Well, some of them are, BJ, some of them are. That's fine. The better life is better. A better life isn't dragging your kid 2000 miles over desert uh, when you can uh, come in legally. Uh, This business where, uh, uh, you know, where where, uh, uh, breaking the border into smithereens to accommodate uh, our our heartstrings has to stop. This is a con. This is a cash grab from every NGO like Catholic Charities and, and all of it. They're driving people out of our major metropolitan areas. No one wants to stay here anymore because we're besieged with these uh, uh, illegals. And uh, the politicians, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I'm wondering where the opposition party is to all this, the Republican Party. We need to draft articles of impeachment for those that allowed this to happen. And now, this who, was yeah, and, to happen. and who are you talking about, BJ? Are you talking, I'm talking about, about – I'm, I'm talking about any anyone who – qualifies. I'm talking about the president, the vice president, my org, any, anybody who's part of this. Uh, uh, this is a violation of our Constitution uh, uh, and a willingness to uphold the Constitution. And there's got to be specific, uh, uh, specific charges. This is ridiculous what we're being put through. This besiege, we're, we're being laid siege to. This is, this is uh, It's an invasion. You know? It is an invasion, and everyone's giving happy talk. Oh, what are we going to do with the children? Send them all to Teddy's house. Send them all to, <laughs> send them all to They want them. Send them. Let them pay for them. See how that goes. Well, and by you the know, way, I, Bill Clinton's house. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, BJ. I think I can't remember if it was you who said this a couple weeks ago. Send them to Obama's house. You know, like at, at Martha's Vineyard. There's plenty of room there. Um, you better and, believe they won't come here. That you better believe they won't volunteer. I'll I'd like to see Bernie Sanders say, "Yeah, I'll take in a hundred. Let's see how that goes." That won't happen. These people don't care that you and I have to trip over them. They don't care that you, you, you know that your schools now and your social services. If you, if God forbid, you get into an accident, you go to an emergency room. You got twenty people ahead of you that don't even belong in the country. And this jive where they're going to be coming back for hearings. That'll never happen. They're never coming back for a hearing. I agree, BJ. That is just such a bunch of hogwash that they'll ever come back. And that's why it's such a joke. Um, and, And you're right. There are a lot of them who are coming because they know it's open. Get out. They see a system. They know it's open. And guess what? You know, the one thing that uh, the group that's making the most money of all this, BJ, and I know you know this, um, is the cartels. I mean, they are making billions of dollars. And they are the ones who are cheering loudly today saying, wow, thank goodness this Biden's a sucker. Um, And I am surprised that there haven't been articles of impeachment drafted, uh, whether it's against the president or it's against Alejandro Mayorkas, because I agree with you that it is a dereliction of duty not to protect the homeland and to do what they have done. And as I mentioned, those gotaways, the fact that this Afghan guy who was one of the worst of the worst just got busted for going into San Diego uh, it makes you wonder how many others are already in this country and what are they planning. one 800 848 And we'll continue your calls after we're back. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are taking your calls about veterans getting kicked out for migrants. 
in a hotel in Orange County. I say shame on this hotel. It's called the Crossroads Hotel in Newburgh. How dare you? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mary. Line one, Mary, your thoughts about this? My blood is boiling too, Rita. Thank you, thank you for shedding light on this all across the country because you're heard all across the country. So thank you. You know, people have to start doing something on their own. I wish people up in the town where this crossroads hotel is would start picketing the hotel, would start bringing those little American flags and sticking them all around the front of the hotel. I wish the guardian angels would send a group up there to march in the local parade. I wish in the New York City Memorial Day parade that the guardian angels would would march. I'm sure Curtis could get in there better than an average citizen could. Maybe in small towns, people can start marching during that day, honoring our lost, you know, military, but also honoring and pleading for these homeless vets. Absolutely. It has to be something. By the way, I love your idea. You're right. I, there should be flags all over, and it should be bring back the veterans. You know, I mean, that, to me, it, it is it is so heartbreaking because I see these veterans, and you just want to do whatever you can to these people who have served our country. And uh, I think putting the flags on would be a brilliant, brilliant idea. Mary, thank you very much. Let's go to Carol, line six. Carol, your thoughts. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I think the perfect place to relocate the migrants is the front lawn of the White House. Ah. Right underneath Biden's bedroom window. The only problem is, Carol, I don't think he'd notice it. Because I don't know if he knows what it looks like outside the window. You know, he's always in the basement, remember? (laughs) Boy, what a mess. We're going to continue your calls, and we're also going to talk about the latest in the Marine and the subway chokehold death. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just coming in here on the Rita Cosby Show, President Biden abruptly cancels his speech honoring fallen police officers. Isn't that nice? Uh, This is the week that the National Fraternal Order of Police's National Peace Officers Memorial Week. Um, It is a big week. It's in honor of National Police Week. It happens every year. And according to a number of individuals, it's already he was in the program. So he was scheduled to speak. And it looks like he seemingly pulled out of the event last minute. Um, He did, I will say, in fairness, he had a graduation of his granddaughter from the University of Pennsylvania, which, by the way, houses the Biden Center, where the classified documents were found last year. So maybe he had to go back there uh, to recover some more classified documents. But it's interesting because they already had him listed in the program and he was all scheduled to do it. And it's interesting. Wouldn't you think that he would have known? And why would he suddenly pull out 
and decide to do something else. Uh, you would think that both of these things have been scheduled for a long, long time. And he would have been able to at least tell him, hey, I can't do it that day or I can do it another day. Um, it is interesting that he ends up pulling out because he was listed in the program and in his place when Attorney General Merrick Garland, head of the DOJ, uh, you really want to hear from him on a day like this with the Durham report blasting the politics at the highest levels of the DOJ and FBI. But Merrick Garland was sent in his place instead. Uh, Blinken also read a letter from the president in his absence. Of course, Blinken's also being looked into for politicizing that letter with the 51 intel agents. So what a cast of characters we are seeing. And in the middle of all this, as we've been talking about border and the major security concerns with so many individuals crossing our border, where we were talking about why is there no impeachment uh, for the president or even Mayorkas uh, for the outright dereliction of duty. Well, if you listen to President Biden, who did make time, by the way, he went to Howard University, um, which is an African-American university uh, just there in D.C., and he spoke at the commencement over the weekend and it's astounding because he says the biggest threat to the homeland is not our open borders. It's not terrorists. It's not that. He says it is white supremacy. Take a listen to what he told people at this African-American college uh, at their commencement. Listen to this message. We know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. From the start, it's been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years. Between the best of us, the American ideal that we're all created equal, and the worst of us, the harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. It's a battle that's never really over. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us, to choose Love over hate, unity over disunion, progress over retreat. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy, as I did in my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland, is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go, to stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit, to confront the ongoing assault, to subvert our elections, suppress our right to vote. The irony of that statement is just stunning. That first off, him to say that the effects on elections, when we have just learned through the Durham report that the FBI and the DOJ was politicizing and basically made up this whole thing about Russia collusion with President Trump. Tell me that didn't have an effect on the election. That, to me, is stunning that they started that investigation in 2019, Durham did, uh, regarding all the investigation. Think about the Mueller report, all of that stuff, all of the politics. And you tell me all those people at the end of the day came up with zilch. Because there was nothing there. And in fact, what they came up with was that the FBI and DOJ fabricated it and presented false evidence to the court. So what's going to happen to those agents that did that? There should be heck to pay.
because that is outrageous. And then in that comment, he also says the most dangerous threat to the homeland is white supremacy. Not the open borders where terrorists upon terrorists have come through. And I can say that because more than 100 people who are on the terrorist watch list, which you got to do something pretty bad to be on that list, including an Afghan who was arrested just a few days ago, who's considered one of the worst of the worst, happened to be crossing into America at this time. That's not the biggest threat to the homeland. How clueless is this administration? Take a listen. Here's Lisa Booth, who was on Fox earlier today, and this is what she had to say about the president and his speech. He's the most divisive president, you know, in American history. But the point is to pit neighbor against neighbor, people against the other. That is the point of this. Like every Marxist before him, you have to have someone to blame. You have to intentionally divide society. And in the middle of all this... Alejandro Mayorkas continues to sell what a bunch of hogwash. Here he is on CNN over the weekend saying what a great job they've done on the border. And boy, they really plan for this moment, the lifting of Title 42. Have you seen these images? There are like 10 cities set up all over on both sides of the border. There are these images of like piles upon piles of trash and garbage. Uh, These images of people throwing their babies across the river so they could get them on the other side. And the cartels working with individuals, coyotes, bringing people through. And yet, boy, were they organized and ready for this moment. Is there anybody who thinks that? Because if so, you need your head examined. Take a listen. Here's Mallorca telling us this over the weekend. We have been planning for months and months, over a year and a half. We have surged resources, uh, asylum officers, uh, Border Patrol agents, processing coordinators to do the data entry work so our border patrol agents can be out in the field. We've expanded our holding capacity in border patrol stations. We've added beds to immigration and customs enforcement in our detention facilities. We've increased our transportation resources. The number of flights, uh, uh, removal flights with our foreign partners. We're setting up regional processing centers now. It's extraordinary what we've done over the past 18 months or so. Boy, aren't they great. So the biggest threat is not the open border, uh, not terrorists coming through, none of that. Don't worry about that. It's this sort of racial division that this president continues to do over and over again. And it's no surprise, by the way, uh, he used to have support among African-Americans somewhere around on 90 percent. He had a very, very high number. Well, of late, some of the new numbers have changed quite a bit for him. Uh, There was a number that came out recently that it was less than 50 percent of African-Americans who support this president. So it's no surprise he's trying to sort of do these sort of uh, gaslighting lines to gin up the base, if you will. And I think it's shameful. Uh, African-Americans, everybody cares about the economy. We see the problems. They care about national security. They see the problems there. We all see it. All good, loving Americans care about security and care about their families and care about safety, crime, skyrocketing, anything else. Uh, But no, he will continue to do this, I am sure, especially now that he has announced he is running again. Uh, And what are your thoughts about the fact of what's going on in the border, particularly now that we are getting word? And this is amazing. This just came in a little bit ago in New York City. Get this. I mentioned the one school gym at a school in Coney Island. 
uh, where they are setting it up at an elementary school gym. This is still a functioning elementary school, and it's an it's a separate standing gym. It's not part of the same building as the school, but it's right next door. And they're planning on putting migrants there. Guess what? Migrants are going to be housed in six more New York City school gyms. And parents are outraged, speaking out tonight, saying, quote, this is insane. And there are parents of kids that are 6th to 8th grade in one school. This is Brooklyn's uh, MS-577 in Williamsburg. And they basically say that they may pull their kids out of school, that they do not feel this is safe, that at the gyms they are putting these migrants who haven't been vetted, haven't been checked, many of them adult males, and putting them next to a school with kids that's acting and functioning. There are other schools that are also on the lift, one in Prospect Gardens, one in Sunset Park, Uh, the list going on and on and on. But why in the heck would you ever put migrants in a gym that is next door to a school of any grade? And they're putting them in schools that have anywhere from fifth grade to all the way up to like eighth, ninth grade, and even high school too as well. Uh, This to me is really shocking. And it comes also as they are putting them at a vacant school. This is a a gym area. Also, 300 migrants expected to be housed at a school in Staten Island. So the list goes on and on and on. Uh, For some reason, call me crazy, but I don't think they should be putting migrants in schools with gyms next door attached to the schools. That is a dangerous situation. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony. Line four. Tony, your thoughts. Hi. So much on my mind, Rita, and it's evolved. But I have a a word tonight. My word is, the name is Benedict Biden. He is like the first traitor for our country, Benedict Arno. We'll call him Benedict Biden. He's a traitor. He sold out our country for cash for giving out our foreign policy. And in exchange, we've seen our country disappear and be rampaged and ruined and given to people who are illegal of different countries that are dangerous and we're not even sure how their status is. So he has sold us out. On the topic of his his visit to this university, this um, prestigious Afro-American Black University, I do want to say that I heard from James Comer today, and his investigating the money trail of the Biden crime family is now going into, not, we don't have any news, is now going into Africa and also Mexico. So tonight, my word is Benedict Biden. He has sold out our country. He wants to see America back to maybe before the colonial times. He is selling us out, and he is Benedict Biden. Can you imagine, you know, um, and Tony, thank you very much for the call. And and I can't even imagine, like, say you switched the names and it was Trump. They would go crazy. Are you kidding me? They would go crazy if it was Trump who had the open borders. I mean, obviously, he was very tough on border issues. But if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be going nuts today with an open border and all these individuals, one of them going through, they'd go crazy. 
And now we believe that there are hundreds of thousands, over a million, they believe, gotaways since Biden has taken office. Over a million. That to me. And those are the ones that we don't know anything about. And the ones who they've somewhat not even vetted, but said, hey, good luck. Come back in a few years. That's them vetting it. Uh, That is a really dangerous situation. Let's go to Pamela. Line six. Pamela, your thoughts. Hi. um, Yeah, to stop this anarchy. Everybody listening can look up online. It's called contact information for your representative. They are the people in the Congress. It's the Congress who has to act first. They write up the articles of impeachment. And as at the beginning, the Freedom Caucus, Andy Biggs and a few people wrote up uh, articles of impeachment, but hardly anybody has done it. They are the ones creating this anarchy. Stop blaming the people who are doing it and start contacting your representatives. They are the ones who can stop it. Call them up and demand articles of impeachment. Do it tomorrow, first thing in the morning. Bravo, I bravo. I agree with you. I I agree with you. I think it is just shameful. Let's go to Joe real quick. Line four. Joe, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I agree with that last caller. Eric Adams is a snake in the grass because he can go to court and he can stop this or at least make an attempt to. And if he gets the people right. But, up but you know, the problem is the problem is and he's been asking the federal government for money. They're not doing anything. The problem that Eric Adams has is he's in a box because he's kept up this sanctuary policy. So they're coming here and then yet he's been getting no federal funding. So he's trying to find places. And in the meantime, New York City taxpayers are spending, you know, five million dollars a day. That that to me, there there is something so wrong with this formula. It is just it is shocking. Real quick, Larry, line six. Larry, your thoughts. Rita, I just have a very simple question. I want I want to know why Biden can't be impeached simply for the, to ensure that the public is being informed about what's going on in the border, because I don't know what the mainstream media is telling them. And uh, if they find out they're not being informed, then they'll turn to other media. They'll realize they're not being told the truth and then they'll then they'll then they'll hear everything. So but, why, why not impeach him just for that purpose? And by the way, you could. You could just for uh, the outright lies um, and the outright, I think, dereliction of duty, because I think the primary responsibility of our commander in chief and the Homeland Security secretary should be protecting the homeland. Um, And you're right. He absolutely can. There's no reason that they could not start proceedings. The problem is that he could be impeached, but he would not be removed because the Democrats, remember, control the Senate. So even if he got impeached by the House, which is Republican-led, and it's a narrow margin at this point, they'd have to make sure they have it. Uh, but even if it goes over to the Senate, it would only be symbolic. It's not going to go anywhere, unfortunately, because of the status of the Senate. But I actually find it abominable what he has done to the border um, and also the misinformation, as you suggest. I use the phrase, Larry, I call Mayorkas Baghdad Bob. Because he's the guy, remember, in Iraq, who's like, everything is great. Saddam is winning. And then you'd see American troops behind him. You know, it was like, uh, I don't think, you know, it was like Baghdad Bob was supposed to say the sky is purple when clearly it's blue. Um, And that's what I feel like Mayorkas is our version of Baghdad Bob. Larry, thanks so much. When we come back, everybody, we are going to talk about the Marine Daniel Penny. He has more than two million bucks 
and his defense fund. Where do you think the case is going? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, round and round, and we are talking now about the former Marine Daniel Penny. By the way, his defense fund has raised more than $2 million and coming from tens of thousands of Americans across the country. Uh, Donations, which shows that a lot of people are coming to his aid, saying that he should never have been charged in the case tied to the chokehold death of Jordan Neely. Just a little bit ago, here is Penny's attorney, talking about his client, the former Marine's mind, and what was going on when he saw the homeless man being extremely aggressive and threatening on the subway. Take a listen. The mindset is pretty simple. Uh, He was fearful for the safety of those passengers. So when he acted, his mindset was to keep his fellow passengers safe from attack. And Congressman Matt Gates stood up for the Marine. Take a listen. We must do our part to save Daniel Penny from the leftist lynch mob. He deserves our support today. It's a Marine in New York facing the proverbial firing squad. Tomorrow, it's you and yours. Alvin Bragg must drop these charges, and we must make our country righteous and just and fair again. Daniel Penny has set up a Give, Send, Go account And I will be donating to his legal defense personally. And even uh, rocker Kid Rock donated, I think it was $5,000 to Penny's defense fund. Again, over $2 bucks tonight. Where do you see the case going? And as you hear more and more details, do you think that Alvin Bragg succumbed to the mob? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Thanks so much, Rita. Uh, You know, I've been wanting to call in and talk to you about this for a while now. I just haven't had the opportunity. Daniel Penny, the Marine, is a hero. He waited and observed Neely before restraining him until Neely started saying he was going to kill someone and didn't care if he would go to jail for the rest of his life. You pointed that out numerous times. That Marine was not reckless, and I'll tell you why. The video shows he had Neely's Adam's apple in the crook of his arm or the soft part of the inside of his elbow, specifically so that Neely's breathing would not be restricted. The Marine was trained to restrain via a hold and not cause death. If he wanted to kill Neely, it wouldn't have taken him three minutes to kill him. He could have killed him in much less time than that. That's an interesting point. Jacqueline, you know, you brought up a great point about the putting the Adam's apple in that place. That is a really important point. And it's going to be interesting to see what the autopsy shows, everybody. We're going to continue your calls. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin, where a veteran who fought in Iraq and suffered serious injuries received a gift of a lifetime over the weekend. The nonprofit group Hogs for Heroes gifted its 35th Harley-Davidson motorcycle to Derek Gagne since launching the charity in 2014. Bikers revved up support at a local Harley-Davidson store for the gifting ceremony as two-time Purple Heart and Bronze Star medal recipient Derek Gagne took the stage to accept the keys to the bike. He said, I feel like I'm not worthy, but it's a gorgeous gift and I am amazing. The founder of Hogs for Heroes described Gagne's time in the military saying it was a mortar into the base. It exploded right near him, shrapnel up and down the side of his body. And he not only survived that, but he pulled two other soldiers to safety and saved their lives. Month later, a projectile hit his Humvee and he lost his right leg and vision in his left eye. And he pushed past all of these obstacles. He even regained his motorcycle endorsement after losing it at first because of his injuries. Gagne said, riding motorcycles is therapeutic. It's great to get out. You just feel free. Your thought processes change and clarity comes. And one of the other founders of Hogs for Heroes said the gift is more than just a motorcycle. There's so much more that an individual gains once they get back out on the road. We connect, we re-engage, and we put them back out on the road. We might not change the world, but doing what we do might change the world for one person. What a great story. And bravo to this great organization, Hogs for Heroes, and also, of course, for this incredible veteran, Derek Gagney. How beautiful that he is back out on the road and enjoying life again. And to me, that is just such a wonderful, wonderful story. I love hearing it. Well, we are talking, of course, about the former Marine who has now been charged with second-degree manslaughter, Daniel Penny. As we know, originally, remember Alvin Bragg originally, uh, there were reports that he was going to send it to a grand jury to decide whether or not there should be charges against the former Marine, Daniel Penny. This is tied to the chokehold death on the New York City subway on the F train. And... What happened was then suddenly he decided, you know what, Uh, we're just going to charge Daniel Penny. He totally circumvented sending it to the grand jury. And that's because I think clearly had it gone right to the grand jury, they wouldn't have charged him. There would be zero charges. At least Alvin Bragg can now try to appeal to his base. This is what I think it's all about is politics to say, hey, I charged him. And then the grand jury dropped the charges. They came back. With, quote, no true bill, they couldn't move forward. And the reason I say that is if it goes to a grand jury, I would be stunned if a grand jury would decide that charges should stick, that he should be indicted. Anybody who has ridden on the New York City subway or any of these subways in big cities across the country know how dangerous and how scary it is. And here was this homeless man who had a huge history of prior arrests and everything else. And he's on there shouting, saying, you know, you're going to die. I'm going to die throwing things at people. And now, you know, it's the Marine who gets charged. I mean, there is something wrong with this crazy system. And Alvin Bragg didn't even give Daniel Penny or his attorneys much notice. They said they were in communication, actually, with Alvin Bragg's office. 
And then suddenly one night they get a call saying, hey, uh, your client's going to have to show up tomorrow because he's about to get charged. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They were like stunned that suddenly it came out of the blue. They thought they were on a good path with him. They thought he was going to send it to the grand jury. They thought that everything would be fine and that their client maybe would never be charged. And then suddenly gave them a few hours notice and said, hey, show up tomorrow. Uh, Your client is about to be charged. Listen to what the attorney for Daniel Penny, the Marine, said just a little bit ago about that. I definitely did not. Um, It was not something that was easy to foresee since you had an individual who stepped in to help his fellow passengers to then be charged with the uh, death of Mr. Neely was uh, was a bit of a surprise, especially considering the fact that he had been interviewed by the police and was told that he was free to go and then was later arrested. So it was not something that was anticipated. And that is an important point. Because, by the way, now the police are being investigated for letting him go. But the police interviewed him. He went voluntarily to the police station. And in addition to that, they also spoke to people clearly at the train that day. They spoke to other passengers. And other passengers vouched for Daniel Penny. They clearly said that Daniel Penny was trying to protect everybody on the train. And that's what they've also been quoted elsewhere as saying. And that's what they clearly told the police because the police let Daniel Penny go. They heard what he said. They heard what other onlookers who don't know Penny said. And the stories corroborated. In other words, they were saying he was protecting us. And that's why the police felt it was okay to go. But guess what? Not in Alvin Bragg's world. No, no, no. Listen to Congressman Matt Gates, what he had to say, not only about Alvin Bragg, but about Jordan Neely, the homeless guy who was no Mother Teresa. Maybe you haven't heard of Jordan Neely, but the NYPD has. Jordan Neely has been arrested 42 times. Many such cases involved crimes on the subway. These soft-on-crime policies like we see in New York kill. It's just a matter of whom in far too many cases. And it shouldn't be the people not committing crimes. If we reopened the asylums and put disturbed and dangerous people like Jordan Neely inside them when they need to be, maybe he'd still be alive today. Maybe there would be some opportunity for recovery or a renewed life. Yeah, where were the people to step in early on to get this guy who was on the top 50 list of New York, basically people in danger and danger to others? I mean, it was a blaring neon sign. And if you were on that subway, you know you'd be freaked out. We've all been on the subway and seen these horrible circumstances. And now the fund to protect Daniel Penny, the former Marine, has gotten over $2 bucks on a Give, Send, Go page because people are outraged. And sadly, uh, Jordan Neely did lose his life. It's tragic. Uh, There will be a funeral this Friday. Guess who's speaking? Guess who's doing the eulogy? Al Sharpton. No surprise there. Well, here is Congressman Matt Gaetz talking about Alvin Bragg's justice in New York and the message that this sends by going after the Marine. It will have a chilling effect on Good Samaritans in the future. Take a listen. The left doesn't actually want this. The Soros prosecutors like Alvin Bragg, they want you to fear for your life. They would rather you die than defend yourself. Wow, what a sad testament 
and the world is upside down. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina on line one. Uh, Mike, your thoughts about all of this? Hey, Rita, I just tuned in a little while ago. Uh, I took a late nap. (laughs) You know what? Um, This is outrageous. And I had to go fund me for this young Marine. Uh, I had a house in West Iceland when I first got married. I'm from Long Island. He's a hero. He's a hero. And outrageous that Bragg, you know, bypassed the grand jury. And he said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, bring charges against him. Second degree manslaughter. Really? I hope GoFundMe balloons to $10 million for this young hero Marine. Because it's outrageous. And look who's, you know, uh, going to give the eulogy. The biggest, you know, phony, reverend, racist, Al Sharpton. Well, but what's he going to do? Uh, uh, you know, appraise this poor guy, and he was mentally disturbed. What's he going to do? Say that he was, uh, oh, a great impersonator of Michael Jackson and this and that. And you know what, Sharpton? You, you are a disgrace for what you stand for. You're a joke and a half. You know, it's amazing. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised, Mike? I mean, to me, I'm zero surprised that he's getting engaged in this, you know? Exactly right. And you know what, Rita? You always give acknowledgement to police and the military like you just did. And a round of applause for the young Marine uh, who did what he did. And it's a shame, you know, this this, 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 uh, mentally disturbed man died. But, hey. You know what? Enough is enough. Is this going to be another, you know, outrageous demonstration throughout the country like like George Floyd? I mean, give me a break. Well, and and by the way, in this case, uh, the family and other people are not happy. This is a Jordan Neely family coming out and saying that it should be murder charges. Murder has to be intent. Uh, And even this is recklessness. Um, You know, everybody who was there said they were hailing Daniel Penny. I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, to see if they hold the line or if they're afraid for their lives, you know, like pe- there are apparently people who are on the train, some of them who are afraid to come forward now because they're afraid that the mob's going to come after them. What what kind of, what are we in a banana republic, Mike? Good point. I like that expression, banana republic, third world nation. And Sharpton, you know what? Go get a haircut and make sure your voice is loud like it always is. No justice, no peace. Yeah. The heck with you, Sharpton, and all your disciples. The heck with you. Thanks, you, Rita. You got uh, the passion there, Mike. Thanks so much. Let's go to Robert, line two, in Suffolk. Go ahead, Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I hope Danny doesn't get indicted. That would be a miscarriage of justice, I feel. And we're not seeing all the video. There's video cameras in the subway cars. There's video cameras on the platforms. We need to see those videos. I agree. By the way, Robert, I 1,000% agree because there may be other details there uh, that would be very telling. I also keep bringing up also the autopsy. It'd be interesting. Was there drugs in his system? Were there other things in his system? Um, Also, the autopsy could show. uh, Was it really just what happened on his neck? Was there something else? I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that need to come together here. And the attorney, I remember talking to one of the other attorneys, um, Thomas Kenneth, who is the other attorney for Daniel Penny. We spoke with him last week, and he was saying uh, that he believes the autopsy will be extremely critical 
and will be extremely enlightening. So maybe he's gotten some tip that there may be much more to the story than meets the eye. Robert, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Russ. Uh, Line five. Russ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. You know, another overreaction with deadly force to a perceived threat, Ashley Babbitt. So Jordan Neely is more like Ashley Babbitt than I think a lot of people want to recognize. And you know who hasn't said anything about this, Donald Trump? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on one second. I'm just confused. Wait, you're saying that what? Jordan Uh, Neely and Ashley Babbitt? You mean what, like that... There was an overreaction. Ashley Babbitt uh, was unarmed and was there and was uh, there at obviously the Capitol on one six. And if you see, this is a woman. She's not a you know. It wasn't like threatening. Um, and this guy was saying, I, um, you know, I'm ready to die and go to jail and throwing things at people. There's a little difference, Russ. How do you equate the two? Well, I look at this lacrosse playing uh, Marine who looks like he's about six foot three, and I wonder how threatened he was by a starving, dehydrated person drifting in despair who looks like he's about five foot nine. What and about a, What about a guy, Russ? Hang on, no, hold on, Russ. I got to correct you because okay. yes, clearly this guy was in despair, and you heard. I, I actually feel really sorry for him. It's a tragedy oh. what happened. There's no no doubt, and I feel like. The system let him down. He obviously had a lot of issues and had a tough life. But, Russ, he had 42 priors, including for assaulting a 7-year-old child and a 67-year-old woman and others. Uh, So this was not like, you know, I I use the expression, he's not Mother Teresa. He clearly had. And guess what? Does that mean that every single person on the subway uh, should have? How about the reasoning of the attorney who said, oh, they should go over and say, "Uh, you know, how are you doing, sir? You don't want it when someone is going crazy and having some sort of and he has a schizophrenia in his background. Who knows what he he would have like, you know, started attacking that person. Right. And he was threatening other people, throwing things at people, threatening them. That 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 is a terrifying moment, Russ. It right. wasn't like he was just there by himself. Give me a break, Russ. That is not a fair equation. You know, you're, you're trying to say the two are the same. It ain't. Rita, I don't want to filibuster, and I won't repeat facts that we've already heard, like Mike, who uh, should send his entire government check. Because you know what those lawyers are going to do with the money? They're going to keep it. The son of Sam Law prevents Mr. Penny from getting a cent, even if he's convicted of misdemeanor assault. So every penny that these people are sending to these lawyers is going into their pocket, and I hope they keep sending more. Dopey DeSantis opened his mouth, and fools are pouring millions of dollars in, and Kid Rock sent 10000 But Rita, can I really go quickly to what I called about? Yeah, but let me correct you on one thing. What they have said, at least, mm-hmm. is that the money will go to the defense, and whatever left over us surprise surprise it's going to go to a program to help those with mental illness that's what they say whatever is not used for the attorneys and and you can bet he's going to get probably sued six ways to sunday not just what's going on here criminally but you know he's probably going to be sued civilly uh so uh we're going to be hearing about daniel penny for a long time because they're going to be trying to come after him every which direction but go ahead Real quick, because, you know, I told you something I wasn't sure of last week, that uh, there was a Daniel Penny Sr. His name is Stephen Penny. Yeah, he, is, he is Mr. Oh, you found out about guess that, Guess right? what? That's wrong. Apparently, no. apparently it has been corrected. I've seen in multiple reports that that is a different Penny family. The correction is wrong. Okay, his name is Stephen Penny. He is the father. He's had a troubled relationship with the father. 
Do you know that Daniel Penny lived in a van for a while? Yeah, I've heard that. And did you hear, by the way, on the way home, on the where he was when he was on the subway? He was coming back from architecture school. Right. Do you know how many? Stops did did you know that, Russ? Or 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 do you think he's a criminal too? Go ahead. You know what else? How many stops between Second Avenue and Broadway, Lafayette? I'll tell you one, and it's two short blocks. So what Jacqueline was saying that this Marine observed Neely and choked him out to death in a matter of two blocks, I think Jacqueline ought to reexamine what she's, she's Jacqueline doing. Jacqueline was she saying, can... let me, because Jacqueline's not here to defend herself. What oh, she she's said, listening. well, what yeah. she said was that he put. It was it was in the position where the Adam's apple would have been like in the elbow in the soft part. In other words, intentionally not trying to put as much pressure. I'll take a look at that. I didn't see that, so I'm just you know I didn't look at it that closely, but I will. Okay. Uh, but 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 um, your point. Uh, mm-hmm. You make it sound like what you think the marine. What everything we have heard is he has served honorably. He uh, people said he was one of the nicest, kindest people, and was coming back. And guess what? That moment, he was clearly beyond that. He was a savior to those people. You don't think so? You think he, like, was planning to go after this guy? Is that where you're going, Russ? Rita, I don't want to call you crazy, but I hope you evolved to a new point of view, okay? Well, and, and, and I hope that you evolved to, like, some, like, you know, that's a nice way for you to say. I'm not going to call you crazy, but I think your <laughs> ideas are loony kazoony, Russ. But, Rita, I, but Russ... I love you, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you. Whoa! We're going to take your calls after the break. I got to get, I don't know, I got to, like, splash water on my face out of that one. 1-800-848-9222 after Crazy Russ. The Rita Cosby Show. So, Russ... Won't say is totally crazy. Just equated Jordan Neely to Ashley Babbitt on January 6th. I thought I've heard it all. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1 800 And I was just looking at uh, the Give, Send, Go defense fund. 2,300,000 is now uh, the total there for Daniel Penny, the Marine who Russ says, uh, for no reason, just attacked Jordan Neely, that I guess you're supposed to be threatened and all these other things on the subway and just take it in Russ's world. Uh, what a place to be. one 800 let us go to Mike in Brooklyn, Line 7. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. How are you doing today? Uh my thought is, first of all, if you don't mind, I'd like to correct you. You keep saying he's home, this homeless no, no, no. The correction is the terrorist that was on the train. He fits the description of a total terrorist. If he was in the airplane, he, Penny would be a hero. Yeah, by, right. the, by the way, you are correct if it happened on an airplane. Um, I, I wouldn't call him a terrorist. He was obviously a troubled man with a criminal past. That's a fair thing to say. I don't know if I would. I, I, I wouldn't go to terrorists, but but. But I what can you... understand that. I can understand that. Okay, I do because I know that they had the uh, problems. But what was going on there? He was acting as a terrorist. But and and you know what, Mike? Your point about if it happened on a plane, they'd be freaked out. You know what I mean? It'd be like, uh, let's send the plane down. Uh, let's bring it. You know, let's let's try to like uh, stop at the nearest airport and get this guy off. Get him arrested. 
Um, and all the passengers would try to bond together. To, there was that case of the guy who was acting erratic and drunk. This guy, we don't know if he was on medication, but he clearly had mental issues. And, and obviously was schizophrenic. They would have tied him up. You've seen the cases of the people where they've taped people up to the seat. And they would have said, uh, okay, when we land in Denver, uh, the FBI is waiting for you and they're going to take you. Um, and, and it's, and you're trapped when you're on a plane, you're trapped, just like if you're on a subway car and this was underground. Um, so, so there are some interesting analogies there. Um, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. And, uh, I think, uh, Dan Penny should run for, uh, governor. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Does he have your vote? Absolutely. He can, he'll have my vote if he runs for mayor, governor, president, anyone, any one of those three. Wow. He's got my vote. I don't think he has Russ's vote, but but he has your vote, and that's a good thing, Mike. Thank you very much. Let's go to Judith. Line six, uh, does he have your vote? Let me tell you something, okay? Russ, you sounded like a moron. How moronic. And Jacqueline had such great points. Let me just say a few things, Reed, if I may, real fast. Sure. Number one, he did not put him in a chokehold. He put him in a headlock, okay? There's a difference. And you weren't there. He wasn't there. We went. He put him in a headlock. If he wanted to really kill him, she's right. He could. She. He could. Uh, he could uh, press on his esophagus, and that's it. He's done in seconds. Out. Okay. He was still alive when he went to the hospital. That's when he died. She's still to find out what's going on inside this man. He probably had drugs, had all kinds of stuff. Who knows? But let me say something about this marine who should be acquitted. He was. Uh, uh, he had awarded. He had a lot of medals. He served honorably. He had a clear record. I got news for you. And you should know I was once on the subway on the F train alone with three other people. And some guy comes through the car and he's walking back and forth talking himself. And I cannot tell you how scary that was. You're right. And and Judith, do me a favor. Call back tomorrow night. But I've been on the subway and it is so scary, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.